Gospel according to Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, He could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot and looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He is going to going to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God's word for God's people, and God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. So my children spent the night over their grandparents' house last night, or the night before last Friday night, and I was going to get them uh, Saturday morning. And um, I went over my mother and father-in-law's house, and they were playing in the backyard. Uh, They were playing a little baseball. They were playing with construction toys. They were looking around the garden. My father-in-law, is uh, he's known for walking past trees, an orange tree, a banana tree, a a pear tree, or whatever, and he'll pick a branch off of the tree and take that home and plant it so it can become a tree in his backyard. So they've got a pretty impressive garden going, you know, pecans and tomatoes and, and all kinds of lemons and even took a, a, a branch off of my mom's orange tree and put that in his backyard as well. So it's a, it's a nice experience there. But I found myself getting a little nostalgic. I found myself thinking about what, how I was when I grew up because I saw this tree in the backyard. And this is one of those trees where the trunk is kind of short and then there's a little base at, that, at the part of the short trunk and then a bunch of branches kind of spread out from the tree, kind of like a palm of a hand sitting up. And so there's an area where if you climb up to that area, you've got room to play around. And this reminded me of the tree in my grandmother's backyard because she had a tree like that when she lived in 54 South Hancock in Freeport, Illinois. And we used to play in that tree, and we played in that tree so much, my sister and I, and inviting our cousins over to play, that my, our Uncle Bubba built a treehouse out of it. 
had enough space in there to build a floor and some railing and 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 uh, little little uh, steps up to it. And that that tree house still stands, even though my grandmother has moved to other she's three houses removed from that now. But that tree house is still there. As a child, I loved climbing trees. I was fortunate enough to never fall out of a tree and break anything. But when I look back over some of the stuff I'd done growing up and playing in forests and driving up and riding up and down hills and jumping hills with my bike and everything, I've been blessed. But I loved playing in forests and climbing trees. But as you grow older, we tend to associate trees with childish behavior. Uh, I've heard the phrase said, when somebody's in trouble, I'm up a tree. Uh, when you want to insult someone who cares about the environment, you call them a what? A tree hugger. Uh, when you're going out and taking a big risk, you say you're out on a limb. You're going out on a limb to help somebody. We don't think of trees as pleasant behavior. I, uh, as adults, rather, I remember watching the Michael Jackson documentary, and everybody clowned him so hard because he, on this interview, wanted to go play in a tree. Trees are not considered adult behavior to a lot of people, but I found out in preparing for this sermon that there is an organization uh, called Tree Climbers International based out of Atlanta, and they're trying to make it fun for adults to climb trees. And so they have an organization, and they promote the sport of low-impact, high-safety tree climbing. So they climb with harnesses and safety materials so that, you know, you don't fall out if you're not as young as you used to be. And you try to go climb that tree, and you realize that you might have lost a step here or there, not as strong, and fall out and hurt something. They, They make it safe for you. And so anybody can learn the ropes and get to climbing trees for fun and relaxation again sort of bringing that joy of being a kid again back. And I thought about that and looked it up while I was preparing for this sermon. Zacchaeus climbed a tree. Uh, We have Zacchaeus who is a sinner. So we have Zacchaeus the sinner. He is a chief tax collector. And that term chief tax collector is found nowhere else in the Bible. They say tax collector here and there, but they don't say chief tax collector. So he had accumulated some status. He was a wealthy man. But a tax collector was not the most honorable profession to some. Because these people were employed by the Roman army to collect taxes off the people. And they would collect what they owe. And then they would sometimes skim off the top. And people had a problem with them taking advantage of their own kind. Something else I learned when I was preparing for this, while it was extra, uh, 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 something that was extra important about these tax collectors is apparently they had to pay their fee up front. So if they wanted to be a tax collector, they had to pay the Roman whatever the Romans whatever they needed to collect up front. So here you have somebody already in debt coming looking to make a debt back off of you. I can only imagine how they would deal. I know how I feel when I owe people money. So I can only imagine how somebody as unscrupulous as a tax collector 
somebody as, 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 as big as a sinner as a tax collector could be while he's trying to collect. My grandfather used to say, uh, in, order to ke- in order to keep up, you got to catch up. And so here you have somebody constantly trying to catch up. And they're willing to do whatever it takes to catch up, no matter who they've hurt. And so that's part of why tax collectors were not considered nice people. We don't consider tax collectors nice people today. But they're not operating off of a debt. They're not skimming off the top. They're just coming for that FICA money that you didn't take out your check. So Zacchaeus is a sinner. And and Zacchaeus, the sinner, goes when he hears about this man from Galilee, this this root and offspring of David, this person that's born of a virgin, they say, and is going around healing the sick, raising the dead, opening up blinded eyes and healing the cat, setting the captives free. He says, I want to see this man. And so he goes from being Zacchaeus, the sinner, to Zacchaeus, the seeker. Let the church say seeker. He has a desire to meet Jesus. And so he's going to do whatever it takes to meet Jesus. And so Jesus was not set to stay in Jericho. The text says he was passing through. And that's a place, Jericho is a place that you pass through. That's why Zacchaeus was there. He became a chief tax collector because Jericho was like a port city. People had to go through there just to get through other places. And so just as everybody else had to go through Jericho to get to other places, Jesus had to go through Jericho because he was on his way to Jerusalem. And so Zacchaeus says, here's my chance. And he goes to hear about this man that's been healing the sick and raising the dead and opening blinded eyes. And he says, I got to see him. But he has a problem. Zacchaeus is too short. I'm in the book. I'm still in the book. He wanted to see Jesus, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. I can sympathize with the man named Zacchaeus being vertically challenged. I can sympathize with being short and people getting in the way. I understand this man's pain when you want to see something and all these beanstalk people are in the way. I can sympathize with them, but I also understand that just because you are born short does not let you stop. He said, I'm going to find a way to seek him. And sycamore trees were frequently planted by the roadside so it would be easy to climb. But that's what we ought to do. We ought to seek God. Just like Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, we ought to seek him. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. The Bible also says to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things, it's your, you got to chase after the Lord. What do we chase after? Think about what you spend your most time on. What do you, they say you can tell where somebody worships by watching their wallet. If you watch their wallet, you can tell what it is they spend their, their, whatever they spend their time and their talent and their treasure on. That's what they worship. Now, I know some people might look at my checkbook and think I worship Reliant or, or Centerpoint or, or Comcast. But what you spend the most amount of time on, what you saw, or or Southern Methodist University. Mm. But we have to seek the Lord over and over again and spend our time 
focused on him. The Bible tells us over and over again in Psalms and Proverbs and Chronicles and all through the Bible that we need to chase after the Lord. And so we ought to model Zacchaeus and not care about our status, not care about our reputations, not care about what we've been through and go on and seek the Lord. Amen. And so Zacchaeus goes from being the seeker to being sought. Ah. Zacchaeus has a request from the Savior. Come down. I must be a guest in your home. Jesus does not wait to be invited. He goes after the lost. He doesn't wait for the right opportunity. He goes after. And so just like we need to be like Zacchaeus in some matters, we need to be like Jesus. If we're going to win souls for the kingdom, we can't wait for it to be opportunity. We can't wait for the best time to come around. We have to go after those and not wait for them to come out from among us. And Zacchaeus got sought because of his actions. Zacchaeus had money. That didn't make any difference. Zacchaeus had status. That didn't make any difference. But it was what Zacchaeus did that caught the attention of Jesus. What are we doing to catch the attention of God? Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus so badly that he ran ahead and climbed a tree. Two social no-nos. Here you have a man that's supposed to be of status, that's supposed to be wealthy and rich and got all these things going for him, but he's climbing a tree. That's two social no-nos because one, just like they said when they made fun of Michael Jackson at that documentary, grown men ain't supposed to climb trees. So that's one thing he was willing to humble himself for. The second thing is, is if he's rich, ain't no need to climb a tree. He can pay somebody to do it for him. So here you have somebody that doesn't care about his status, doesn't care about his money, but he wants to see Jesus. It doesn't matter how many degrees you got, you should want to see Jesus. It shouldn't matter what kind of job you got, you should want to see Jesus. It shouldn't matter what kind of position you got, you should want to see Jesus. And so Jesus was willing to act like a little kid to get what he wanted. He came, he went up the tree trying to seek Jesus and ended up being sought. Because the Bible says that he came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus showing up at the house of this short, this tiny tax collector demonstrated to everyone that it didn't matter what kind of status you had amongst the people. It didn't matter what your haters said. It didn't matter what everybody else thought of you. What mattered is that Jesus was willing to spend time with you. And so Zacchaeus goes from being sought when when Jesus says, come down. He comes down and welcomes Jesus gladly. And it's unfortunate because any time that you get saved, you understand there's going to be a reaction from the saints. And here you have the saints grumbling and complaining, but it doesn't matter what all the other people said. It matters what Jesus says. Time and time, as I say again, it's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. It's not what people say about you, it's what you say about yourself. The moment you start to believe what everybody says about you is the moment you start to be defeated. 
but being willing to do something that you've never done before, or being willing to do something that is perceived to be lower than you, you can be elevated to a whole new level. Zacchaeus was willing to act, uh, uh, to do what was considered childish to get companionship with Christ. And so we go from Zacchaeus the sinner to Zacchaeus the seeker to Zacchaeus the sought. And then once we go from that, we have Zacchaeus the saved. As witnessed by his testimony after he was saved, he says he's willing to give fourfold to the poor. He's willing to give half of what he has to the, full po- to the poor and, 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 and then restore whomever he may have cheated fourfold. I like that it says restore. I like that it says restore because restore is present tense, not future tense. The the word that is used, that meant that whatever he needed to do to get right with Jesus, he was willing to do it now, not wait for tomorrow. I'm reminded of that song that's sing by the Winans, and it says, Jesus said, I'm here. And, 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 and it goes on to say, to tomorrow. I'll do everything tomorrow, right? But tomorrow very well might be what? Today. We can't wait to make these kind of changes. Tomorrow is not promised. And so so Zacchaeus is willing to restore everything that he may have cheated somebody by fourfold. He is going above and beyond when he does that because if you read Leviticus 6 and 5 and Numbers 5 and 7, it says they have a rule in place for if you cheated somebody. It's already, it's already played out, and what it says is you're supposed to give them whatever it is you took plus a fifth. So if somebody takes a dollar from somebody and they get caught, the restore is they give a dollar 20 back. But this man is saying for every dollar that he may have cheated somebody, he's willing to give four back. That is commitment. If only we were ever to be that bold about our own stuff. Hello? 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 Hello, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's still working, it's still working. If only we were willing to admit when we were wrong about stuff and do things to change it. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all but filthy rags, but if not for the grace of God, we would all deserve death, hell, and the grave. And so I would argue instead of us acting like we are above those that are out the least, the last, and the lost, we should all, like, all thing we've done is change the position. It's a whole world out there that has a, that their problem is not with Jesus. It's with the people in the church not willing to admit when they're wrong. But here you have Zacchaeus willing to immediately admit that he is wrong and immediately do something to fix it. And he's willing to go above and beyond what the law demands or requires. Amen. There's a story that talks about Frederick II, an 18th century king of Prussia. He decided that he wanted to go investigate some of his prisons. And he walked into the prison and everybody in the prison almost started crying out to him. Help me out. Let me out, your highness. I am innocent. I am jailed unjustly. Help me. 
Let me out. And so he's listening to these pleas of innocence, and somebody off to the side is in the corner, ain't said a word. And he's unconcerned with the commotion that's going on. All these people saw the king walking through and thought, I can get me a pardon if I just tell him I'm innocent. Just tell him that I don't need to be here. Just tell him that I'm better than everybody else. And the king sees this guy off to the side not doing anything and not being concerned about the, and he's solitary in the corner by himself. And, and the king goes up to him and asks him, why are you here? Armed robbery, your majesty. Were you guilty, the king asked. And he said, oh, yes, indeed, your majesty. I deserve every bit of my punishment. And at that moment, King Frederick II summoned the jailer and he said, release this guilty man at once. For I will not have him in here kept in this prison where he's going to corrupt all these other innocent people. When you're willing to admit what's going on and move forward, you can reach the salvation. You just have to admit. And so we talk about Zacchaeus, but the real story, the real star of the story, as always, is Jesus. For he says that this man is saved, and, he's a, and he now, too, is a man of the house of Abraham. If he'd have gone just based on this man's lineage, there would have been nobody in his DNA that would have allowed him to be saved. If he'd have gone by his status, there would have been no letters that he could put in front or in the back of his name that would have allowed him to be saved. If he went by his money, there could have been a, no commas and no, no, no number large enough. He could have a paycheck looking like a social security number. It would not matter he could not have saved himself but it's the salvation of Jesus Christ the grace that you can't deserve the grace that you don't earn you can't do anything to do it and you can't do anything to get rid of it it's that grace and because of that he had this rich person to be saved we quote that is hard that is harder or easier rather for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than it is for a person to be saved they're not saying it's impossible for a rich person to be saved. What he's saying is he's putting it in proper context. It's hard to be saved, but it's not impossible. You just got to be willing to do the work. And so he saved him and made him a son of Abraham, allowed him into the kingdom, and was out to save the least, the last, and the lost. And that's what we ought to be willing to do. We ought to be willing to go after those who are not on our roster. They don't have to look like us. They don't have to be from the same place we're from. They don't have to have the kind of job we want. They don't have to have the kind of education we are. They don't have to have the kind of background we want. It's their soul that we ought to be concerned about. Here you have somebody that was so good at sinning, he was a boss. But Jesus still was willing to save his soul. And if he's willing to save his soul, he'll be willing to save others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.